And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. All right, so we've all talked about scalability and accessibility and a lot of different stuff, but one thing you can't scale is time. That means you got to learn how to do more with it. So we're going to talk about more time with less hassle today. And before I introduce today's guest, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. With me today, I've got Matt Martin and Matt is the co-founder and CEO of Clockwise, a software development company in San Francisco. California, and you can visit and learn more about what they do at getclockwise.com. There is a link in the show notes for that as well. So do me a favor, once you scroll on down and give that a click so you can learn more about what they do and how they do it while we talk about it. Without further ado, I guess I should probably say, Matt, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's uh, as mentioned before we hit record, I'll be able to remember your name a lot easier. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you know, why don't we get, just get things started today with a little bit more about your own backstory and what brought you to Clockwise and and how that journey's been? Absolutely, yeah. So I have a little bit of a a weird background. I started my career um, in kind of politics campaigns. Decided I wanted to be an attorney. I uh, went to law school, practiced as an uh, attorney in a large law firm doing kind of pretty boring corporate litigation for a little while. And then I uh, decided I really didn't like that and bailed on it about 13 years ago, came out to the Bay Area and jumped in the startup, startup ecosystem. And I, had a, I, I knew a little bit of coding, Matt, uh, knew enough to be dangerous. Um, so I found some early startups that are willing to take a risk on me, got more into software engineering, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Software engineering, software engineering management, and then started clockwise about six years ago. What was the what was the main problem you wanted to solve when you started clockwise? Yeah, so I mean it's a I love our problem space because I think it resonates with everyone, or at least it usually does. Um, I was working I'll give you a little bit of background though, uh, instead of the elevator pitch version. So the last company I was at, a company called Relate IQ, uh, it was an intelligent CRM. So we would connect your email and uh, we would pull out information about who you're talking to as a salesperson uh, in order to power the CRM, the customer relationship management database. That was acquired by Salesforce and actually was kind of one of the initial investments that Salesforce had in AI, um, led to their Einstein platform, which they continue to develop uh, to this day. So. Here I was, I was leading our front end engineering team, getting kind of sucked up into the mothership of Salesforce. And by the way, like RelateIQ at the time was about 60, 65 people. Um, Salesforce was, you know, 
20,000, 30,000. I mean, they're larger now. So uh, we were definitely getting ingested into their culture um, and a lot of lessons there. But for me at the moment, I was just kind of pulling my hair out, trying to manage my own time and my own calendar, um, getting pulled in a lot of different directions. I mean, I was trying to best manage my team. I was trying to help with the integration process, sync with other people inside of Salesforce. Um, and I think at the time, you know, I kind of had the, the wrong attitude about it. And we can talk about this more, which is I said, you know, whatever, this is my job. Uh, I'm a manager. I guess I just have a crazy schedule. I'll just do it. Uh, but I was also seeing it on my team. So software engineers, you know, they need a lot of time to go heads down, get into the zone, start coding. I mean, you know this. Uh, and their schedules were getting kind of Swiss cheese as well with all these different meetings, whether it's, you know, syncing with uh, their team, whether it's getting pulled into an interview. And at the end of the day, they just weren't getting as much done. Um, you know, these are you know, software engineers, Silicon Valley, I mean, it's expensive. <laughs> and, you know, we're paying pretty good salaries, benefits uh, for people to come in and not be able to be productive. They want to be productive. So long story long, I was looking at the mess of all this and thinking like, there's got to be a better way. Um, and one of the core insights for Clockwise is that time as personal as it is, and it's really personal, you know, it's who I get to see in my day. It's when I get to see my kids, it's become a shared asset. You know, people are asking you of your time all throughout the day, whether it's in a meeting event itself or whether it's in an Asana task or whether it's, you know, getting pinged in a doc or getting pulled in an email or Slack, you're constantly being asked of your time. And yet there is no tool that helps solve at that shared space level. And so that's what Clockwise seeks to do. We seek to connect to your calendar, uh, help automate it to make more productive time by looking at the uh, uh, intersections across of everybody you work with and how you need to work as a team. Yeah, we've got a lot of scheduling familiarity on the show today as, you know, someone who built Gigabook, you know, wanting to solve the same problems, you know, at the time in, in 2012, I just sat back and I realized like how much time is wasted with, the, hey, Matt, when are you available? I don't know. When are you available? How about <laughs> Thursday? No, Thursday is not good. How about Friday at two? No, that's not going to work. How about, two? you know, and, I mean, you talk about like the same way that that you're using AI to find little bits and pieces and and pick up time. Um, you know, I felt that 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 was a ton of wasted time. But the main thing uh, with, you know, you talk about more time, less hassle was, you know, when I talked to small business owners and just what I experienced and witnessed and everything was that so many of them were chained to the business too. You talk about like, if you're a sole proprietor and you want more time and less hassle, online scheduling is a must. And it's almost, an, I think in, in here in 2023, that it's, a, it's an expectation. And so you talk about more time, less hassle. How about more money? less yeah. hassle. Cause in this day and age, if you don't have these kind of options available, uh, you're just missing opportunities. And, uh, most of the people that I talked to that, that own small businesses really did feel like, um, captive to the business because, you know, they're up at 11 at night answering text messages and emails and, and, you know, really in the end kind of losing opportunities. And, I think that that too many people, like kind of like you mentioned, that uh, with your engineering team, with it being really expensive, too many people don't understand. Like as a business owner, that saving money is making money, and that freeing people up to do their jobs. Um, you know, when you have a if you have a meeting with ten people in it, and they all get paid 
pretty well. That's a pretty expensive meeting. Totally. You look at it. So what are you accomplishing and how are you doing it? Now, with the, with you guys using AI and let's talk about that for a second. Like what what are the what are what are you guys doing that becomes intelligent or the efficiencies that's picked up? I see you've got some some GPT integration and, and stuff like that. Explain to me what you're doing there and 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 how that's helping your users. Yeah, I mean, it's so so many good things that you hit on there. Um, uh, I, I'll jump right into kind of how our intelligence is powering the whole system. So we've been doing this for six years. And so prior to the recent uh, advents in LMs, um, you know, a huge explosion in terms of that technological space with GPT, chat GPT coming forward and then GPT-4 uh, making a big difference, uh, at least in our flows. But even prior to that, you know, clockwise is an intelligent system. You know, we're looking across... And we're a little bit different than Matt uh, Gigabook in that our audience, our customer is usually kind of mid-market to enterprise side technology firms. And so they're largely looking at their internal time. uh, How can we make sure that we're using this really valuable resource, as you know, to its most productive end? And so we comb and analyze uh, millions and millions and millions of calendars of events uh, every day. Um, we're processing every single calendar event inside of an organization to understand, you know, when is a bad time for this event? Um, you know, when is it interrupting somebody's flow time? When is it actually double booking them? Do they need time for lunch? Have they been in back-to-back Zoom meetings for too long? And so pulling all that information together, processing and applying some weights and biases to uh, those different events in order to find the best times for them is kind of at the core of what we do. Now, on top of that, there was the move from OpenAI's uh, GPT 3.5, which is what powered ChatGPT and what led to kind of this explosion of interest when people went in and you know figured it could figured out that it could write a funny limerick. Um, to a GPT 4 uh, was actually a big shift for us at Clockwise because between 3.5 and 4, it became quite good at understanding time-based information. And so we're previously we kind of botch whether 1030 on Tuesday is after 10 p.m. on Monday. It now can reason about that. Now, it doesn't have the intelligence of clockwise in terms of scheduling and understanding how to put something on the calendar and it can hallucinate. The last thing you want is, you know, to put a hallucinated event on your schedule at the wrong time. Um, but we figured out that we could marry that really simple, easy, intuitive interface of just saying, hey, I need time tomorrow with my engineering team and then help understand how to make that a reality. And that's actually what we're working on right now. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a level of complexity that, you know, like you look at all the, there's a lot of scheduling tools out there, you know, and a lot of different things that do similar stuff. They all kind of have their niche, you know, Gigabook, it's, it's fully customizable, which um, looking back at it might not have been the greatest trajectory because you have to install a hell of a lot of bells and whistles and, mm-hmm. and variables and stuff like that. And, and you're right. I mean, it's a lot different. Like you, yours, I, I really like what you're doing because you talk about that, like that, that level of, oh gosh, we were talking about the, the inefficiency of asking one person for a time they're yeah. available, trying to figure out when the best time when eight people are available. And I like that, that more in-depth look of like, has this person been in three meetings in a row? 
yep. or whatever. And, and keep in mind, like if all if your people are just in meetings all day, they got to have time to do the work. That's what that's what drives me nuts about like we've really cut down on a lot of the meetings and stuff we do at full scale because. You know, if you have six hours of meetings every day, all day, you don't have any time to actually do the follow-up, do the work, they're, they're taxing, they're, you know, and, and there's a lot to be said with that. And, and I like the empathetic nature of like, not, you know, this per like, Hey, you need a lunch break. Yeah. And, and these are, these are the things that, that I think that people don't really think about. Scheduling can be remarkably complex. Now the act of putting a singular item on a single calendar on and off is not that complex, but when it's connected to invoices, reminders, notifications, yeah. who knows, man, yeah. like some, you know, you also have, have things involving groups of people which, by the way, booking a group of a group type event is a completely different set of logic than booking a singular appointment. Yep. Because is the group full? Is it is it like a, a standard booking calendar like Gigabook or Calendly or something like that? Just shows holes in your calendar. Yep. It doesn't give that empathetic feel of like this person's done three things in a row here. <laughs> they might not be a great participant if we yeah. put a fourth one in there and like. I mean, I have a lot of appreciation for that, for the, for the, for what you're doing there. Cause like, there's a lot to be considered now. Do you have to, do you have to build and, and essentially kind of like create uh, for lack of a better term personas that um, like, you know, like you said, like, like just different flags or, or like, how do you know what, like, yep. do you look, just literally look at this person's been in this kind of a meeting three times in a row, maybe the fourth one isn't a, isn't a best bad or. Yeah. I mean, we have, so a lot of it comes back to having smart defaults. You know, we want to make the process of getting set up with clockwise really easy. Um, and it is really easy, but then you can really dial it in. Um, so we, first we learn about your calendar and kind of how you're, you're meeting when you tend to have meetings, when you tend to not. Um, but that's not always the best indicator of what you actually want, you know, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, those can be different. And so we allow people to dial in, you know, when do you prefer to have heads down time? When do you prefer to have, you know, Lunch is a really minor example in terms of what we do, but it's kind of illustrative of the overall system. You know, so you can come in and we default to saying, hey, it'd be great for you to have 45 minutes for lunch, um, somewhere between 1130 and, and one. Um, but you can dial all that in. So it's, you know, I, I only need 30 minutes. I, I would prefer to have 45, make it somewhere in between here. And then we'll actively bump that around automatically in the background. And... I want to hit on something that you were talking about, Matt, which is just the, the you know, as business owners um, and as managers, as people inside of a company, it is so easy to forget the cost of meetings and our schedule overall. Um, you know, it's like there's the meeting itself, which is really costly. You kind of, you can think about multiplying out the salary of everybody involved. But then I think another thing that people lose sight of is, there's kind of a productivity blast radius around every meeting. Um, you know, if, if part of my job is getting back into the flow and delivering impact for the business, whether, you know, I'm a manager working on a, strate on a strategy for next quarter or I'm a software engineer going head down on code, um, I'm coming out of that meeting, thinking about the meeting, recording tasks about the meeting, following up. You know, there's at least 15, 20 minutes there that shot around that. And so, like, if you only have an hour between meetings, it might sound like a lot of time. But, you know, you're spending 15, 20 minutes getting out of that last meeting. You're left with, you know, 40, 40 minutes. 
And then you're thinking, uh, what can I really get done before this next meeting? And you just go back into email triage mode. You know, let's let's run down the burn list. Let's just keep on processing stuff. So thinking holistically about how you're running your team, how you're running your company, how what kind of productivity standards you're setting, I think is really, really critical and can be huge, huge return on investment in terms of getting back the productivity of the organization. Yeah, well, uh, I've been quoted as saying, you know, overbooking is the enemy of creativity and innovation. You know, yes, you, you, I, you just, I mean, it really is for the reasons that you just mentioned. And it's I'll give you an example. So I, I block off an hour, an, an hour and a half to record a 40 minute podcast, you know, yep. and some of that's, you know, a few minutes on either side to talk to the guest. And then the rest of it is exactly what you said. It's clearing that headspace because it's difficult. I, I think that if you create a, a rushed scenario for yourself or your employees, so let's just, just picture yourself being booked in 30 minute increments for the entire day. Uh, that actually becomes a precision operation at that point. Cause if <laughs> one thing spills over, you're going to have to steal that time back from all the others. And, you know, one of the, one of the ways that I've handled that and, and Hey, you don't need, gigabook or, or, you know, clockwise or anything to do this, stop scheduling 30 minute meetings, make them 20 minutes. Like yeah. everything it's in, we kind of inherently as people want to put things in 15, 30 and 60 minute blocks. Don't yeah. put them in at 10, 20 and 40. And that creates this little buffer. You know, one of the things that gigabook does or any service or any kind of booking option that you have in there is you can set up a buffer around yep. it, yep. you know, cause like, that's like one of the things that's like, let's just take this down to like the sole proprietor kind of level. If you are a, a massage therapist and you're doing one hour sessions, you can't book every hour unless you're going to cut people yep. short or do whatever. And, you know, so you need the, those automatic buffers in there. I just put them in there just on everything that I do. Like, cause I think the reality is, is things always take longer and, and I just don't like feeling in that situation. I don't like have that feeling like where I'm rushed and yeah. I'm behind. And now yeah. it's like, hey, I got to cut this short because, you know, and then, and here's the thing is if you're trying to build relationships, you're trying to provide quality service, you're pr trying to be there for your employees, that isn't really the right mindset to have uh, during that situation. Cause it shows people, I mean, I've literally been in that spot and people are like, you seem like you're in a hurry. Like, do you want to do this another time? And you're like, uh, no, yeah. I kind of do, but I don't want to tell you yes, because <laughs> I'm going to look like a jerk. So, oh man, uh, yeah, there's so many interesting things in there. I mean, one is kind of the, the human psychology of it. So to, to, uh, plus one, what you were saying about shorter meetings. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're a sole proprietor, you're the, I love the massage therapist example because yeah, you make that 45 minutes and actually you get 15 minutes to kind of reset, go on to the next client and actually increases the overall economics of your business. If you're now that plays on the psychology of people expecting to arrive at a certain time, but then needing the buffer between if you're inside a company, if you're in kind of more knowledge work, we've found that the opposite becomes true. So it's better to start the meeting five, 10 minutes late intentionally because people think, again, to your point, they always think on 15, 30 minute increments. So I've seen folks, and I've tried this myself, where you start a meeting at 10 a.m. and you try to end it at 10.20. Well, guess what? Everybody in the back of their head is thinking that it's going to 10.30 anyways. 
So it ends up running over your buffer time yeah. and you end up going to 1030. So if you so start that's why the buffer's there. Yeah. yeah, if you started at 1010, you know, the, the odds are the other person shows up at 10 a.m. and is like, where is the other person? But <laughs> they'll get used to the fact that you're starting late and you have that buffer baked in. And then you run right to the 30-minute market and say, you know, hey, I got to run to the next thing. But you still have your buffer baked in. One thing I immediately noticed when I made those changes and like the times that were offered was that the people that I was on calls with, like, I mean, I noticed this like day one where all, all started saying, oh, I see we're about out of time. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. the other person knew, like it shows, it sets that fence around it. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and like I said, it's just, it, it really, it gave me a lot of time back because the, the problem is, is you get back into that like six straight hours of booking. I mean, I get a hundred to 200 emails a day. Yep. Um, a bunch of other crap. I got two kids, you know, like yep. there's a lot of stuff that can boil in there. So sometimes you talk about like, what can you get done in five to 10 minutes? You can answer a couple emails. So yep. you don't have a pile of them at the end of the day, a couple Slack messages here and there. It, it makes it pretty easy. You might even find a few minutes to go to fullscale.io where you can find expert, expert software developers all you need to do is go to fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. You can use Fullscale's platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. Once again, with me today, I've got Matt Martin, co-founder and CEO at Clockwise out of San Francisco. Go to getclockwise.com. Um, you know, this... All right. So let's talk for a second. Let's share our grief of as people that have built. Oh, you got, got a comment? Well, I just got to say, Matt, I mean, I, this is how I know you're a true professional and that you've been in this podcasting game. That was the smoothest transition. Ah. That, that was amazing. Well done. By, by the way, I, I I take a lot of pride in that. My other co-hosts on the show uh, always, always show a little envy with that. But yeah. I'm a podcast uh, addict, really. And, yeah. it, you know, there's nothing. Ads like, are annoying, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's jarring, too, when yeah. you have this, you know, you have yeah. your host there talking, and all of a sudden it's like hard stop, pre recorded move. That's yeah. nicely done. Yeah. I try to work it in there. That was that was a medium one. I've done better though. I've done better. <laughs> uh, so back to sharing grief, um, yeah. you know, like with this. So you talk about, I think we, I would be missing a great opportunity to, uh, to expel some scheduling demons from my thought process. So what, what, what were some of the hardest or what even continues to be some of the hardest things that you deal with when it comes from like a programmatic um, and technological standpoint when it comes to all the scheduling stuff? Because like I said, oh, it's, it's a lot more complex than people think it, it is. Yep. We know the standards spec for meeting recurrence labels probably better than almost any other shop on the face of the planet because we we're often dealing with recurrences instead of single one-off meetings and the way that that spec is implemented and understood is just all over the place it is it is uh it's kind of brutal um so from a highly nerdy technical perspective, that's one of the, the biggest. But then I have to say, just in terms of user experience, it's time zones. It's always time zones. You know what I mean? And like, it, it's wild, Matt. Like, I mean, I'm sure that you've seen this too, but you know, all of a sudden 
uh, Brazil will implement a new non-standard one-off time zone. It's like, you know, you got to go, you got to go fix that in your code right away. We deal with that with the Philippines because, you know, full scale's got over 300 employees there. And uh, one time of the year, it'll be a 13 hour time difference. They don't do daylight savings time. Yeah. So some of those things are kind of tricky. And, you know, the, the nations and governments of the world have a tendency to, um, to, to change those things. One of the things that's been kind of a challenge too, you talk about internationally is in the United States, we have a very set and complete list of government holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, I don't expect any new holidays to come up. Not so much, uh, over in the Philippines. So we use gigabucks, a big driver of the full scale platform when it comes to both internal and external scheduling and that time zone and those holidays. So, you know, that dude, it's crazy. The, it'll yep. be Monday and they'll announce it. Oh, we're going to have a holiday on Friday. And you're like, what? <laughs> and it's like a real holiday. It's not yeah. like, you know, like, a, like Labor Day or something where people, you know, are just like, wow, that, you know, so that, that throws curveballs at us. Um, and then, you know, you talk about that time zone recognition. You can do that pretty quickly and easily. Like if someone's visiting a, a booking widget, you know, because you can detect their IP and yep. just see where they're at. It makes it pretty easy. It's even got a, a little correction drop down. I can only imagine that that's got to be a pain in the ass if you're just connecting a bunch of Google calendars or, you know, intranet kind of calendars. Because yeah. not everyone has their settings squared away in the same, no. the same way. 100%. I mean, clockwise, like, so um, it's great because you can install it side by side with Google Calendar and a Chrome mm-hmm. extension. So we do have a front end experience. However, a lot of the automation and a lot of the values driven server side. And so we don't always have updated information about where the client is, uh, yep. where the customer is. And that can be brutal. Um, we've found various mechanisms throughout the years to make sure we're getting the best information we can. But even if, even once you correct all of the technical issues, which are, are many, and I always joke like, uh, you know, just to make my my life really easy, I decided to start a company, and then I decided to start a company that drives behavior change, and then I started a company that drives behavior change, where time zones is a big technical limitation. <laughs> but so there are a lot of like complications. But then you get to the human side, and like, look, you know, you have folks in the Philippines, and and what's great, they often, uh, having worked with uh, a lot of professionals in the Philippines, it's not uncommon for them to work U.S. hours. Um, oh yeah which is great for full scales business, great for your clients. But let's just say you have somebody in the Philippines working local Philippines hours, then you have you in Kansas, and then you have somebody in London. Well, you know, look, I can't change the physical realities of the globe. Um, Now you only have a really tiny window where all three people can meet. And often somebody's getting up earlier, somebody's going to bed late. Yeah, and then, you know, I... I think one of the things that's the, that's challenging about this is God forbid you mess up someone's calendar. Yes. Like, I mean, you want to talk about pissing some people off. Yep. Leave it. You you use the term a hallucinated event. So you, if uh, calendar syncing is, is a real pain in the ass when you talk about like putting like a Google calendars, an interesting bridge because if you can connect to Google calendar, then you can connect to a lot of different things, but you just talk about this complexity of like what, 
you know, Microsoft calendar wants. And I don't know, there's a ton of different stuff out there. And, and, you know, so the, the order of operations that exists with putting something on a calendar sometimes has to be thought of backwards if you want to take things off. Yeah. So with you guys moving stuff around all day, I can only imagine like there was probably some anguish uh, along the way when it came to figuring that out. Oh man, it's, it's so one of the, uh, one of the other aspects of clockwise, and I think any company, you know, Gigabook, Calendly, any of these companies that rely on the calendar is that, as you noted, you, you kind of have to operate conservatively, mm-hmm. which is not how you want to operate right. as a startup that's trying to move fast. But, you know, look, like you mess up somebody's calendar, you yeah. not only burn that bridge, they're going to tell all your friends about their friends oh, yeah. about it. You've burned your, the reputation of your company. So one of the biggest inflection points for the business was very early on, we have this core technology called flexible meetings. And a flexible meeting is one that um, we've identified or you've elected. It doesn't have to be exactly at 10 a.m. You know, it, maybe it, it can be anytime Tuesday morning or it can be anytime in the day on Wednesday. There's some flexibility to the timing of it. And we will automatically manage that. So that puts us in a little bit, you know, it made us nervous. It puts us in a little bit of a a uh, zone where we could really piss off a user by moving it to the wrong time. And, and you know, again, as you noted, we're doing this for hundreds of thousands of events uh, every day. And at, early in the life cycle of the business, we decided to start turning some of those on by default when a user joins. And we show it to them and they can turn them off. But we were really nervous about turning them on by default because we thought we were going to piss some people off. And God knows we have. But the impact we can make to the calendar, the impact that we can make to the schedule far exceeded the few times that, you know, users were uh, unexpectedly, you know, pissed off. And then when they are mad, we can learn about that correct for it. And so there's this constant balance between the velocity of the business and uh, making sure that we're taking care of our customers. And, And hopefully in most scenarios, those are aligned. But sometimes you got to push a little bit into the area that makes you uncomfortable to, so that you can learn and build in the right way. Yeah, overall, people don't like change, you know, <laughs> meaning human psychology just isn't really built for change. I mean, we are very comfortable with things that have become routine and you got to build a new routine with that, which, you know, psychology says can take up to 30 days to like truly build a new habit. I think it's one of the things like early on, if you look back, like, you know, here we are in 2023, like even, uh, you know, 2016, when you started uh, clockwise, the, the, the booking link or the, the online calendaring, I would, I would send it to people and people like, yeah, I don't do this stuff. Yep. Yep. And we're like, what? Like you just click a button and pick a time yeah. and put your name in. It's not that hard. Like you're not, this isn't, this isn't AI. I'm not asking you to program anything like click, click, boom. And, and it's that simple. But you know, now in 2023, I think that the, the booking link in general has like, if you're not using them, I, why? Yeah. You know, Cause I mean, I'm almost like offended a little bit if you're asking me when I'm available and like, you know, it's like there, there, there are use cases for things like clockwise and gigabook, but there's no reason why anyone can't have a simple yep. anything clicked in. And, you know, and someone's out there listening they're going, wait, is gigabook and clockwise competitors? No, not even close. Like it's different shit. 
It's different stuff. It's the same thing with Calendly. Like if you just want a simple, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, if you just need a simple calendar option, that can actually get it done for you, but it's not going to do a whole lot past that. There's not like a lot of data collection and there are some things in there, but I mean, if that's, if that's all you, if $0 is all you have a budget for, you can still get some of that done. And I'm just telling you, you're going to win your time back. We're talking about more time, less hassle. That's the way to do it. Um, You know, if, and if we were wrong about that, like the next, the next thing to build might actually be kind of like Amazon, that one click purchase, click a time and boom, you're in, you know, now, I mean, there's, there's options out there for stuff like that. But yeah, the, I, I think that, that customer education um, was a challenge too. God, God knows we've, we've had some, like we had one instance that I, I won't get too far into the details for privacy <laughs> reasons, but we couldn't figure out why someone kept double booking some stuff. And cause when you go to schedule, Gigabook will tell you, so you have a conflict here, right? Now, sometimes you want to put two things on your calendar. So there's an override button, but oh my God, we went crazy for like three months. We're like, why is this wrong? Now the customer had been clicking override and had been double booking themselves. <laughs> and then every single time was reporting the double booking to us. And we're like, oh man, but you know, so some of this stuff can be a real hassle, but that's, that's that habitual nature of things trying to get, uh, do you have a hard time getting people to understand the AI component or yeah. is it, it you do? Yeah. I mean, there, there are a couple of great things that you hit on in there. I mean, I think that, um, you know, this all this whole area is so ripe because I think we've all been somewhat set in our ways. Um, you know, calendar is such a huge area of how we drive our business, how we drive our life, and yet yeah. there hasn't been a lot of innovation there. And so, to your point, like with these with the links that are sent out an email to book times, there was even an uproar over this like a couple of years ago uh, over like, oh, it's rude to send it, yada yada. Well, you know. Calendly has made such a space for it that it's becoming more normalized. And there's still a lot of, you know, folks that aren't as in the tech ecosystem as you and I are that are still a little bit apprehensive about it. So, but, but the point being is that, you know, we all grow this pie together, you know, as more people learn that there's a better way to do this, there's more opportunity for everybody to build a substantive business and the use cases can become more specialized, uh, and so we have found that, you know, building that habitual habit, helping onboard people, helping them understand it is a huge part of what we do. It's a huge part of what we do because it is anytime you're automating something as critical as the calendar, uh, there's going to be a little bit of fear and apprehension on the side of the oh, user yeah. customer. And so we, we found myriad ways to, you know, help people dip a toe in the water, help them get comfortable uh, but also just educate them along the way as to the benefit they're going to get on the other side, which can really be pretty profound. Yeah, I think that, that you know, if you want to sell more, just got to make it easier for people to buy stuff. It's the same thing with scheduling. So, yeah, I can only imagine, like, it terrifies me to try to build what you've built. Because I'll tell you what, like the phone would never really ring that much at Gigabook. But when it did, and it would ring a lot. We'd be like, oh, God. Something's broken. Something's broken. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you don't hear from people. They're quiet and unassuming until you break their calendar and or don't let it come in. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an example, all of Uber's engineering uh, department, 
you know, runs on clockwise. Um, and so, you know, we have, if we have a bug where all of a sudden something bad is happening, we are definitely going to hear. So it, it is one of those areas where, uh, unfortunately, you know, because we're such a critical system, we do have to be a little bit more conservative with how we build and deploy to make sure that we're taking care of folks. That's how you know what you build is important, though. It's actually, That's right. I know this sounds like weird, but when it breaks and like that was, I remember the very first time and this haven't, hasn't happened in a long time. Here I am knocking on wood, uh, not superstitiously. <laughs> but, you know, but I remember like the just we we're like, shit, we really got to get this moving, got to get this fixed. Like this is a problem. The phone's ringing. You know, this was like years ago. And I remember having sitting there with the team and saying, well, I think the moral, the, the, the shining bright point of today was you realize how crucial the system yeah. you've built is when people immediately don't have it and they're immediately like, whoa. And then you're like, oh, wow, what we've built really is significant. It really does matter. And you're going, you know, going as we kind of approach the landing, the landing strip here for the end of the show. Um, you know, I think that I've always taken a, we don't serve as nearly as many users as you do, but I've always taken a sense of pride in building something that helps small business owners. Uh, and you know, you you have an enterprise solution. If you're not aware of like that difference, like gigabooks, like good for like up to, I mean, it gets that you have a, a vastly different system, user interface, user experience, everything. When you get past about 20 people. And something drop downs get incredibly long. You got to like really do a whole, yeah. there's a whole lot to, yeah, it's a different kind of product, but being able to help small business people. And, you know, all these years later, seeing like, like, you know, I think eight of the 10 first users that we had are still users. And that's yeah. like, you know, looking at that. And, and when you actually, I think as founders and CEOs and, and entrepreneurs, we don't always talk to our users enough. Yep. And you should, because when you talk to them and you say, well, how are things going? And they'll tell you things. They'll be like, man, I wouldn't be able to do what I do and stay sane without this. It's and so energizing. You realize you've, you've really built something that's useful, that solves a problem. And I think the first time you talk about more time, less hassle, I think the first time you get a paid booking, like it, you don't have to talk to the customer. You don't have to talk to whoever it is. They pick a time, you get an email that collects a payment and you just show up and provide service. And I think once that occurs a couple of times, it's real easy to wrap your arms around that. Now with that, the problem is, is if you want to make this stuff, you have to go, you may have to go through a short period of tough love with your existing clients and users that have been used to calling or texting or getting a time. Don't be afraid to retrain them, including the people in your organization, whether it's something like clockwise, which is more across your organization or it's client facing. You got to have a little bit of tough love in there. You know, like we go through that with with full scale, which has Gigabook integrated into all the employee profiles, um, which, you know, people like, hey, I'd like to interview this person. Uh, how do I talk to them? You're like, you just click the time right there on the profile. Well, I'm available at these times. It, it, are they? I don't know. Have you checked the profile? Yeah. <laughs> and, th and that sounds like kind of an a-hole kind of response. But the thing is, is you're actually doing your clients, users and coworkers a favor by training them to do that and showing them. So like, if you want to really make this stuff effective, you can't be afraid to push back and say, Hey, look for your, for more efficient and better use of your time, my time, everyone's time. This is the way we got to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it, and I would note, you know, both for Gigabook and Clockwise, I mean, it's one of those rare circumstances, I think, in software where it's both economically impactful and personally impactful. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when you were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, some of these solo proprietors who are running their own business, you know, always being on the clock, always having to answer for the customer, always having to respond to the email, you know, alleviating some of that is really meaningful. Um, and it also improves the velocity of the business because now you're not blocked from making that booking. You're not blocked if you're out with your kids. For Clockwise, it's kind of similar where, you know, we, uh, the real ROI we provide for the business is helping the business move faster because people are able to get more stuff done. They're able to get the meeting with the person that they need. They're able to get the heads down time to make the impact, but it also just feels better. You know, if you get to end your day where you actually got to ship the code you wanted to ship instead of spending in meetings, or if you actually got through your day without being double booked and feeling like you're running around with your head cut off, uh, that just feels better as well. So I couldn't agree more. Getting out, talking to customers, hearing those stories, it is so energizing, especially when you're a business like ours, where you get to ship impact both for the user and for the business. Yeah. And, you know, that, I mean, there really is like, I don't know, I, I wake up every day just wanting to do impactful, meaningful things. And sometimes these little things uh, are, are what matters. You know, I got a quick question for everyone before we do the founders freestyle. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, and leaders because full scale can help? We have the people in the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. All you need to do is go to fullscale.io. You're going to answer a couple questions and our platform is going to match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. Fullscale specializes in long-term solutions with teams that work only for you. Learn more at fullscale.io. As a reminder with me today, Matt Martin, co-founder and CEO at Clockwise. Go to getclockwise.com. Now, I mentioned the Founders Freestyle. It was like to offer, I, I love having founder uh, episodes and I do the Founders Freestyle at the end where I give you, I give you a, a little bit of time to vent or reflect or thank people or I don't know what, what stood out. What we forget? Like, uh, go ahead. It's your, it. your mic first. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, they're, oh man, freestyle. I could go in a bunch of different directions. But. <laughs> and it has in the past, trust me. The, you know, it's really easy to get heads down and kind of the competitive nature of building a business. Um, and I think, you know, any of us from a small business owner, somebody who's trying to run a, a venture back startup to, you know, somebody who's running a Fortune 500 business. I mean, you kind of have to have a screw loose. I mean, it's, it's stressful. It's hard. Uh, the journey can be long and there can be long days. Um, I have found that one of the things that I re-anchor in is just building a phenomenal team. Uh, the folks that I get to work with and have had the privilege of hiring um, are just amazing. I mean, I, I you know, I could not build this. <laughs> I literally could not build this. To your point earlier about how hard some of this is technically, um, you know, we have some incredible people, uh, both on the software development side, the marketing side, the sales side. And I'm just coming off of a offsite where we brought the whole company together, spent some time together. And just remembering that human side of it, building that team up, helping to coach them to become a great member of the team, helping to further their career and observing what they can do. It's really pretty awe-inspiring. And what it's what makes for me the day-to-day, -day, the week-to-week, -week, really energizing, really fun. Um, of course, we get to build great product. We get to ship it to customers. I love seeing that impact. 
Um, I know that will be a huge, huge business that every business owner will want to deploy. But in the meantime, you know, seeing people thrive, it's just, it's just awesome. I feel really privileged that I get to do it. Yeah. And you guys are doing a great job. You know, I think that the amount of capital you've raised, which we didn't mention, you talk about things we forgot. I'm showing 76 million in raise. So that's, that's a, that's a big validator for what you're doing and the importance of it going forward. And, you know, speaking of which, like, I think in, the, in this modern age of technology and all of the the mainstream niche and, and integrated solutions that you can get, like you owe it to your your team and your company to find things that also focus. Like do, there's nothing more annoying than a mixed up, confusing schedule or calendar. Am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be there? Where is this? Is this publicly facing? Can I you know, go in and see a lot of different things and stuff. And like, you know, I really do have a, once again, a strong appreciation for the complexity of what you're doing. Cause it's like, I don't know. I just remember when we built the the conflict detection and the yeah. double, which is also your double booking protection because double booking is the same as missing a booking in many yep. cases. It's an error. It's yep. an error that doesn't go over well. It doesn't make the client or the user feel good about what they're doing. In fact, it makes them look like an idiot. Uh, so you try to avoid that. But but yeah, but you look at these tools that are out there that can that can just make things feel a little smoother and less congested inside your company and they are worth investing in. It's, um, you know, you can look at things, oh, it's seven or $10 a user and I've got 300 people. You will spend more money on that the first time you mess up or miss schedule or overbook or underbook or move something. You're going to spend that much on efficiency. I don't be the founder and CEO that doesn't try to save a little bit of money through efficiency. I, I, it, I'm just telling you, saving money is making money and your, your people are in too many meetings probably. And I love that what you're doing with clockwise with actually putting in blocks of focus time. Yeah. Cause you know, like I got to kind of do that manually myself. I just block spots. Like in Gigabook, you can just create a block pretty, pretty quickly, but you gotta have, you gotta go in and do it. You gotta have the wherewithal to do it. And you gotta also kind of like understand being able to put focus time in to get things done is an important part of accomplishment. So, well, here we are, man, we are out of time on an episode that we talked a lot about time. So I'm going to catch up with you down the road, Matt. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Really fun conversation. I hope it was helpful for people out there. Yep. See you down the road. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.